0: We're too old for this, I think. That should go without saying.
1: Boom. What's up, brother? I made that up. Ridiculous. That ain't happening this year, buddy.
0: Good idea. We have the power of podcast nation. That
2: doesn't make sense. I'm just happy to be here. You're dismissed.
3: All right. I tested it; it was recording. I've hit record again. If God be with us, it is actually recording.
1: Well, you know, I'm sure Jehovah wants us to have this podcast. That's a good. So... That's as
3: good of an introduction as we could get, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Go with God, podcast. <laughs> uh, oh, Allah.
3: All right. Well, uh, let's get on with the. The post draft podcast. So let's just start with uh, give give your uh, general thoughts of uh, how the draft was. Craig, you go first. Oh man!
1: If you so could describe it, on it. Me a little bit after the draft, that like the skill of our draft is is not like executing a strategy per se or uh, having the best. Plan going in. It's like it's navigating the mayhem once it starts. <laughs> uh huh. Because, like, for me, I, I, you know, I prepped for it. I had very specific idea of, of what my my roster was going to look like. And then it all just went to pot eight picks in. I mean, I had already, it blew up in my face. So, you just, you, nobody can possibly predict what our draft is going to do. That's like, it's the most fun thing. No, It's insane. It's literally insane
3: but the funnest insanity you can possibly imagine. Uh, Mike, what are your overall thoughts? If you could put it in just a few words.
0: All right. It got really expensive really quick. That's true.
3: Like one pick in, right? Literally one pick in. Yeah. Misty, what are your thoughts?
2: Misty, what are your thoughts? Amen. It got really expensive really fast and it it's true you can't just expect your strategy to work um, it's about endurance and keeping up the yahoo keeps it going pretty quickly uh, so that kind of eliminates time for stopping to think it makes it a very much more draft on emotion <laughs> kind of situation it's like you just get caught up in a bidding war that you weren't expecting to be in, over and over again, mm. and that's how our draft rolls.
1: Yeah, Chris Taylor's a good example of that. Misty, stinking Misty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> he was one of my target players for sure.
3: So uh, okay, well, let's take a just a little break, and we're gonna as we go through the episode, we're gonna review the over unders that we talked about before the draft. On on the podcast that was not, but uh, okay, let's do three of them. The number of Cubs on Jason's, Jason's team, the over under was four and a half. Does anyone know what the number is without looking?
1: I think it was seven. I actually looked this up. Uh, I feel like seven. It was seven.
3: Yeah, and pretty quick. It didn't take long. All right. Number of Dodgers on Jeremy's team, the over under was three and a half. Anybody know? Five.
1: It, it was. It's four. also it's also like seven.
3: It's five. Yeah. And then the number of rookies on Craig's team. The over/under was four and a half. By my count, four. by my count, it's five. I mean, I might be miscounting someone as a rookie that's not Craig. As we talk, you can confirm or deny this. Okay. I only
1: count. I only count two. Two. Okay. All right. Well now we have to actually I look mean, at it. You... I, I would count Winker as a rookie, although he's a rookie, what's yeah. The, what's the at bat limit? He, no, he's he he's still a rookie, a rookie,
3: yeah. He's like barely under it, but he is under it. Alright, let's see. Uh oh, where is your team?
1: Okay. Never mind. I got I count four. As Albies, Marte, Winker, uh Perella, I guess is a rookie, maybe? I don't think he is. And Tatis?
3: Tatis, Winker, Albies. Tatis, Winker, Albies Lamette. I don't know who I got for the fifth. Do we count?
0: Up, do we count Tatis? He's not even in the lead yet.
3: He's a rookie. Well, that's true. I was counting him. Oh, Alfaro. Alfaro's rookie. the other
1: one. A future rookie. <laughs>
3: that's true. Well, I'm counting him. It counts. Five. I'm the I'm the commissioner. It counts. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Al, Al Al Faro
1: is also a rookie. Yeah, he
3: was the fifth one. All right, Bankhead, Mike, tell us what what was did you have? What was your strategy going into the draft? How did it change, and what did you adjust to?
0: Uh, in my notes, I have seven things that I wanted to do. One, nominate Jay Bruce. <laughs> Successful. <laughs> Two. Get Kershaw. Successful, though it cost me more money than I would like to have spent. Three, get Shelby Miller and Jimmy Nelson. Successful. Four, get at least one of the stud minor leaguers. That's Kinery, Robles, Tatis, or Simzel. I didn't even think about getting Acuna because that's just crazy talk. Um, that was successful. I got Kennery. Five, get two first basemen. Now, I really wanted Rizzo and either Goldschmidt or Votto, depending on price, um, also known as last year's Jonathan Dunkel strategy. Spending $57 on Kershaw made that not happen. Not happen. I did get two first basemen. I did get two first basemen. I got Carpenter and Belt. Although so if, kind of a discounted version of that if I strategy.
2: Please? He yelled when yes. I. He yelled when I tried to get Justin Bauer and said, you already have a first baseman.
0: You mean Justin Bauer? <laughs> I was just trying to price and force on Justin Bauer. I don't like him because of his ballpark. He plays in Miami, and that's a tough ballpark to hit home runs in. Duh. Um, so I, I had to make an adjustment there. I couldn't afford the first baseman I wanted. Um, on-base percentage was, was at a premium during this draft, and that hurts me because I love on-base percentage. Uh, Six. I wanted at least five relief pitchers. I got six of them, so success. And seven, I only wanted to buy hitters with an OBP over 350. I really wanted a couple that were at 400, but I I didn't manage to do that. Um, My regret is not spending money to get Harper because he went for cheaper than he should have. But everybody on my roster should OBP 350 as far as the ones that are actually going to play. And if Yelich has, you know, a really good season, he'll OBP 400. So, I accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. My real change in plan was halfway through the draft, I decided that I wasn't going to waste money on a catcher because there's no point. Um, So it worked out.
3: Okay. Craig, your draft strategy. It's fun now that we can actually talk about this since we hit it all, all (laughs) the other podcasts. Uh,
1: I had a few players in particular I was going for because I wanted to get some positional flexibility on my roster. So (laughs) let's run through them uh misty stole chris taylor for me late in the draft we got into a bidding war and she emphatically won that one way to go misty uh i was gonna my one of my other targets was carlos santana way to go nathan you that that to me is one of the steals of the draft carlos santana at 32 i agree with that i only i only didn't bid on him because i already had uh bought i price enforced on what's his face my first baseman uh, Hosmer. So you didn't want him? You were so, price enforcing. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm happy to have him. I yeah. think he's solid. I'm. I'm cool. Wasn't with that, one the, uh, one
0: <laughs> that one of the one of the pre-draft predictions that one of the Dunkels would get caught price enforcing?
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I don't. I don't consider it price enforcing if it's a guy I don't mind getting. He's not the guy I wanted, but I'm cool having him. I'm perfectly happy having him. Uh, and then the other one I wanted to go for was. Uh, Anthony Rendon, who was also a steal in the draft, I think, at thirty bucks. I'd have gladly paid up to forty for him, but like to, a pick or two before that, I bought Justin Turner for twenty-seven, which was an extremely fair price, I thought. And then he proceeded to break his hand <laughs> two days later, so that worked out great. That was basically like the three players I was going to target, and then just kind of wing it from there but that's basically what happened I'm, I'm happy with my team uh, I thought it was interesting my take is that me and you Nathan had the exact same strategy you just executed it better as far as roster composition and guys we like because you have a lot of guys I like
3: you and I uh, were Tommy and I were chatting during the whole draft I did the Google hangout nobody showed up so I closed it and then he texted me in one of the chat and, uh, yeah, he and I were talking about that the whole draft that you and I were – because we were the ones that stayed out of that big spending spree at the beginning. And so we had some flexibility that no one else had. And I told him, and it kept happening, that like, he said it too, like you and I are going to be battling all night. And We did here and there, <laughs> but
1: – Yeah. It was me, you, and Misty battling, I thought.
3: It was good times. Misty, did you have a strategy going in? Did it change –
2: I'm sorry, were you asking me?
3: Yes, I'm sorry.
2: Yes. Okay, sorry, you cut out, I didn't hear the name. Yeah, um, <clears throat> kind of, yeah. My strategy is mostly the same most years where I break it down by position. I make notes like don't overspend here or there because either the pool is too shallow or the best keepers have already been cupped. Um, so I just kind of figure I'll spend on an average price or less on those. And I was willing to spend high on at least a couple of studs. I did try to get Harper. For the record, I would have gone a 52. And I was trying to. And the... <laughs> I typed in three digits by accident. And by the time I backspaced into the two-digit field, it was gone. Mm. So thank you, Yahoo. I really tried for that one. Um So, yeah, I, I missed out on that. So I just tried to get... Some of the bigger names that i recognized <laughs> like like oh yeah i read about that guy i want that guy and and i'd fight for him every now and then my my mistake was uh as you all clearly can see in in the, the pitching because i get, got distracted by numbers and not jobs or positions per se so i did not budget accordingly for pitching or really follow through on on that but i think i think overall my strategy works i i go by tiers and if i'm if i feel like i need to go high tier or just stick with middle or low tier then then i stick with that and look for the the sleepers that i've got notes on and that kind of thing to try to get value i do try to get value all right that's basically it all right
3: I'm just sending another invite out to Tome. I think he's available now. All right, well, while we're waiting on him, I'm just going to – I'd like – for mine, I just want to talk about – well, last year I panicked big time. And I missed out on all the big players. I decided it was way too much money and thought it would come back down, and it really never did last year. And so this year that sort of happened again. My plan was to get one of the big – one of the maybe top five guys that were available, but man, that it was just way too expensive for me. So I sat it out. I was going to get, I would have jumped in on Harper, but I was sending a text message when that pick went through. And When I turned back around and he went for 49, I was like, how did that just happen? Uh, but so what I did is, uh, it is, uh-
2: I know, right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I decided to clean up in the middle of the draft and just focus after guys I liked, whether their projections were good or not, guys I had confidence in. Because I'm at least going to like rooting for them this year. So that was kind of what I did. Uh, and I definitely wanted to focus on getting plenty of uh, relief pitchers with good good ratios good and high strikeouts. This is the best strikeout team I've ever had. But I feel like I made three mistakes in the draft. One was Sal Romano. I nominated him for a dollar, thinking someone would take him i It was one of those ones i generally when I nominate somebody, I don't want them. That's almost always the case, and he went through at a dollar, so I was stuck with him. not that well, I did not want him, and the other two I don't think they were bad mistakes, but um Williams, I'm pulling up my sheet here again um yeah Williams at two dollars and Peterson at two dollars uh not that they're so bad. They could have nice seasons, but I wasn't – I wish I had uh, spent a couple more bucks or waited a little longer on my third outfielder and filled that in later to have somebody a little more solid. I kind of messed up just taking bargains instead of getting good players, actually. Tomei can tell you I was just sitting there. I just said, well, I'll take him for two bucks, sure, and then nobody bit him up. So those were my mistakes. It cost me a little rust or flexibility at the end, but I love my team. First time since 2015, I've walked away from a draft. Like I could win this.
0: All right. That's interesting. I feel, I feel about mine. Uh, You might remember the year that Misty won when the draft was over. I said, well, I mean, you can't finish last of that team, but that team's kind of meh. I don't think it can win. And then she won. (laughs) Uh, That's kind of how I feel about mine. I didn't, I don't think I made any glaring mistakes. And especially when I get my two DL pitchers that I really wanted back. Um, that's going to be nice. And Clayton Kershaw when healthy covers a multitude of ratio sins. (laughs) Um, But at first glance, I felt like this was a fourth or fifth place team, but I thought that about Misty's team the year that she won, won. which makes me feel better about what I did.
2: did. (laughs) Would you say that Nathan's team is nondescript?
3: (laughs) Would you say that Mike?
2: Maybe he didn't hear the question.
1: What was the question? Would you say nah, that Nathan's keep team cutting is out.
2: nondescript?
0: Cutting out. Uh, would I say Nathan's team is nondescript? I don't think I would say that. I think it's typically filled with this many white guys as Nathan usually buys with a few Latinos sprinkled in here and there. <laughs> and J.P. Crawford. Yeah. All
3: right. That that brings us back to the review of the over-under uh... I, this is that I, I actually didn't put on the email but we talked about on the podcast the number of non-white players on Nathan's team mike was one of the things i i brought up <laughs> and the over under was five and a half and thankfully i got over i have seven non-white players on my team i would like it to be more but i think they're all more expensive uh... number of reds combined on richard and jonathan's team we set the over under at four and a half Anybody care to venture a guess? Ten. It's actually
1: f- I don't remember. It's
3: four. They only have four between the two of them, and three of them are on Richard's team, I think. It's so very surprising. Of course, we'll come back to that. I really, want to, I, go, I really want to talk about Jonathan's team. All right. Uh, Scars and scrubs. Two. Jonathan. Last one here. Number of times banked. it will tell all of us we spent too much and how much he had them for. Over-under was three and a half. Zero. Zero. Yeah, I don't remember. that I don't remember that happening. Yeah, congrats. I did not. Not at all. Way to go, Mike.
1: Uh, I think I, I think Mike was controlling himself because of that prediction. Yeah. <laughs>
3: all
1: right, so we so, can we talk about Jonathan's team? Yeah, now? let's do that. Uh,
3: yeah. That was the one to me of all these teams just fascinated me.
1: He actually told me afterwards that what his strategy was, and he executed it beautifully. Really? Like he said, he was gonna he was gonna get. Two or three of the big dogs, mm-hmm. which he did, Botto and Goldschmidt again. Pretty solid. Again. And then he said he's going to go nothing but upside rookies for a future draft, for future keepers.
0: So he doesn't and want to win this year, is what you're saying.
1: Well, That's what I'm I get out of that. Team and I'm, I'm looking at his team and I'm thinking he can just because who he's got. So and here even are if my he, notes. Even if, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go for it. I was going to say, even if he can't, he can trade away the big dogs and get even more keepers. True. Mm -hmm.
0: So my notes on Jonathan's team are as follows. I think his offense is going to mash, but he has a massive hole at second base because Zobris is not a starter. Um, My personal feeling is that Acuna is Latino trout. And if Jonathan thinks the same, then $18 is fine for that buy. But if he doesn't think that Acuna is Latino trout, that's really not a very smart purchase. Um, for somebody that's completely unproven, and I think it was smart for him to grab Ramos to back up his familia keeper. Mm-hmm. And I think that if Glassno can figure things out and his pitching staff stays healthy, he probably wins. But I don't think these things are going to
1: happen. Interesting. I'm sure I, he's a, be, he's, a, he's he's a contender. He's a contender.
3: That's interesting. Top I, top five. I, yeah. I
1: might be proven wrong, but I feel
3: like he he is not in it. And here's why. Here's why I think he messed up. When he first got when he got Goldschmidt and Bruce or Goldschmidt and Bruce. Goldschmidt and Votto and Bruce. Sure. When he got McCutcheon for 20 and Bruce for 13 I remember talking with Tomei saying you know, his team's going to be in it all year even though he has no money left. But the Acuna for 18 and the Sincel for 10. You can't have it both ways. You can't have unproven talent for more than they're worth and have no money left and expect to finish well. Now I might be proven wrong. We'll see. Right. But I feel like he could, he should have, he should have gone one way or the other. You cannot do both.
0: Acuna will be up in two weeks. So we'll find out about him real quick, you know?
3: And that's, and if he's up Uh, quick, I think that
1: makes a big difference, but I'm just not convinced he will be.
0: He'll be up before April's over.
1: No, I think John's in good shape. He even got a long term keeper in Austin Riley, so like mm-hmm. if Senzel goes to short or something, he's he's set, like he's got well, twenty keepers.
0: He's hurt and... that we only have four keepers. I mean Yeah. Because exactly. as as much as pitching costs, I would really want to continue keeping DeGrom and Familia. And there's two of us four, you know.
3: I just feel like Stars and Scrubs, when we went twenty four players deeper this year, there's there's just junk left at the end. I felt like, I just feel like it's a really bad strategy. I don't like it at all.
0: See, now, I, I think it's a I did not do this, but I think it's a viable strategy if, by your scrubs, you're getting guys to get holds.
3: Yeah, sure.
0: Because I think you can get some of the... You can't get imagine that cheaply, but you can get some of those guys pretty cheap. In fact, there's still some of them out there for free right now. Um, so I think if you're going to do stars and scrubs, you probably want to load up on your offense during the stars portion. And try to backfill your pitching. Yeah, kind of like a, a Lima, the the Lima plan. Yeah,
3: I just feel like his team, everything has to go perfectly right. There's no room for error. I mean, if his if, offense
0: is going to be good, though, <laughs> his offense is going to be good. Yeah, his
3: two players are going to be good for sure. Actually, I I, yeah, I think, I think I half of his offense is good. I think the other half could be nothing, which is what scares me.
0: Well, he needs a second baseman. Yeah. Yeah, b- actually, no, he doesn't. Jonathan by a second baseman. Don't trade for one. Stay with Silver's all year.
3: <laughs> yeah, to me that was the most fascinating team. Tommy, I wish he was on because he and I were looking at it, being like, "Wow, what did he just do?" Um. All right. Any other teams that caught your guys' they, eye that you want to talk about?
0: Well, yeah,
1: I, I have a few. I'll got Craig. Know, go to, first, though. Well, I wanted to first of all say there's a lot of Homer Homerism going on here. Like every single person who likes a certain oh. team got a lot of players on their certain team. Yeah, Jamie's got a ton of Dodgers. <laughs> uh, Brett's got a ton of Mets. Uh, it's it's crazy. It really is crazy. Um, man, Cardinal way has got a whole bunch of stinking Cardinals. It's that could play to your favor though, if you, especially if you know your bullpen, because now that we're doing saves or uh, holds, that'll make a big difference. Uh, I would like to talk about Tommy's team since he's not around to defend himself. <laughs> Go for so, it. So yes, yeah. let's do that. Rizzo for fifty-seven. Like that makes me feel a whole lot better about Hosmer for yeah. thirty or whatever I got him for. By uh, the way, I,
0: I was in on that all the way up to the end, and um, I would have paid up to fifty-five or fifty-six.
1: But yeah, well, I want you to defend your uh, carpenter pick, by yeah. the way. And then I will. But yeah, continue. I'd like to hear it. <laughs> and then Quintana, you know, that's like a uh, a Tommy darling because he's a low whip pitcher. Uh, man, 38 for Quintana—that's pretty crazy. Which was also all the Cubs pitchers went sky high, except for my boy Chatwood. But that's another story. Yeah, I I, I really hate it because I plugged all the teams into my software that I was using, <laughs> and yet again Tommy crushes us like a bug. But I don't see it. Well, looking at that roster, I disagree.
0: This is the first year he's. I don't think he's going to execute his crush pitching strategy because it doesn't look nearly as dominant as his ERA WHIP usually are. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: I'm not feeling it. In fact, I think that having Kershaw is a big contributor to executing the Tommy strategy. And I would like to thank Tommy for not paying 58 for him this year.
1: (laughs) You know, looking at one thing, I do love about Tommy's theme. I was just going to say, I love the fact that he got two reds pitchers or catchers because they're going to be oh, yeah. solid. Yeah. yeah, that was a great pick. Um,
0: which is very smart. Maximize your at-bats, right? But uh I think his offense is pretty good, but he's got no depth and not a lot of balance. So if he has any offensive injuries, he's hosed.
3: Yeah. Talking about the Quintana pickup, uh, part of that is where he came out, right? That's part of how these drafts work. It's not really about value. It's about or what they're yeah, worth, sometimes it's,
0: he was sometimes he was it's really win. the
3: last good pitcher to come out. He was the 36th player overall, and so Tomei just heating you. Because sometimes your hand's forced. That happened with me at third base with um, Longoria. I didn't want to spin that, but he was the last decent third baseman. Yeah, that's the thing with these drafts. Uh, Mike, what other team you got you want to talk about?
0: Uh, briefly, I think Richard had the best auction he's had since he's been in our league. Um, I think there's no way this team finishes last unless he has a lot of injuries. Um, I think he might finish in the top half. Now that said, he's got some injury issues. Uh, Murphy's not going to start the season, um, but yeah, he uh, he kind of brought it this time. Yeah. Um, and my had, comments on your team. And he had he had, he
3: had eleven bucks left over. I just I'm just looking here on the page, which is.
0: Which is really an unforgivable sin. Like, that's the kind of sin that if we believe in hell, it would send you to hell. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll say I had six bucks. But thankfully, bucks this... we don't believe in that. That's true, yeah. I had six bucks left um, over, but I don't feel bad about that at all. I feel like I used my money well. I mean, I would have liked to have used it better, obviously.
0: I, uh, I'm going to double down on my prediction that Brett's probably the best position. He's got the best outfield, and that's not close. Now, his infielders are pretty weak, and he's particularly weak at first base. But he's got enough pieces and value that if he really wanted to upgrade first base and wanted to make a a decent trade to do that, I think he could. And it seems like he's going to punt holds, which is an interesting strategy. But his offense is going to be really good, so I like what he's done. Um, And on Nathan's team, I'm going to say what I said in that text to you the night of. Here are the things that need to happen for Nathan to win. Margot makes the leap. Pollock is healthy. Longoria can hit in that spacious ballpark. Arcia ends up good and he gets on base enough. Peterson learns how to hit. By the way, I don't think he can hit. He's a, he's, he a power, he's a, but he can't he's
3: hit. a role player on my team anyway.
0: Okay. That's good. Um, and if you get good contribution from your red starting pitchers, one of which you've already jettisoned. Um, yeah. I think if all those things happen for you, I think you win. I don't think all of those things are going to happen. So I don't think you win. I think you're a middle of the pack team. Then again, I, I'll say it again I thought Misty was middle of the pack team of the year she won and she won so I'll, you just want to get in the mix is the idea I'll
3: say this my second base was really weak after the draft and my utility really too uh, my team has improved enormously since the draft because because of Turner's injury now yep now uh, <laughs> awesome. foresight is a lot more guaranteed to play thanks Mike yep. and Thank much, also Mike. Grandal is now the main starter at catcher my team got way better since the draft. I'm thrilled about that.
1: Yep. Uh, did Did you see the news item on Samarja, Nathan? No. What? He went for an MRI today for his shoulder.
3: Ooh, that's not good.
1: It, yeah, him and, you know, the hits keep on coming. I hate spring training after the draft. Just hate it, by the way. Steven Sousa, is also hurt. Yep. so take that. I part. heard that.
0: That's uh, some – you know what? Their outfield is really crowded, and uh, that will open up some of that for somebody.
3: Yeah, guess who it opens up for, Gerard Dyson, who Tomei has.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that kind of is not cool. No. I actually really like Dyson. and I wanted him, but Tomei was willing to go more money than, than, uh, than I was willing to.
3: But Tomei has like six outfielders, so help him. he can't play them.
0: No, he's going to have to either move one or – yeah, he's going to move one, I bet.
3: Yeah, and poor Brett's the one who had Sousa
0: yeah I don't think Brett needs Sousa really he was like his fourth outfielder right. he's got three outfielders better than that guy exactly
3: so let's let's yeah. let's break off from talking about teams for just a second. One other note that I wanted to talk about was is do you do you guys think some of the the the, the reason that people were spending more money was because there was more draft dollars out there
0: yeah, yeah. it's inflation now I think it goes crazy in our league. Um, you can actually calculate for inflation than I usually do.
3: Yeah, but inflation's there every year. I'm talking about that that we had more dollars
1: to start with.
0: Oh, I don't think it was so much that as it was the the keeper value, but maybe. Come to think of it, maybe.
1: No, it is definitely the fact that we added dollars to it this year. It's happened a few years since we've increased the budgets or increased the amount of teams that play. So I broke it down. Anytime that is the value of keepers.
3: I broke it down. In the past, we had $230 for 20 positions. So that was 1150 per player. This year, we had $260 for 22 positions, which is 1182 per player. It's almost exactly the same ratio per, per position. So May I? as I heard— as people are crazy. As I saw people spending their money, I was like, people don't understand it's almost exactly the same. And I'm just gonna sit back. No, it is the same. Understand. However, I
0: will say that if you really want, if you really wanted one of the top players and you weren't willing to go to the fifty plus, you weren't going to get him. So, yeah. part of it is you need to be. If you, if this is someone you want to roster, you need to be willing to do whatever it takes, and sometimes that takes fifty six dollars oh, yeah. or fifty seven dollars. No,
3: I, I understand it for the top player, but I, it kept I, happening the whole draft.
1: No, I feel like I feel like you view it very differently than I view it, Nathan. Do tell. So. Craig. Okay, so okay, last year we drafted what was it? Twenty players a team, you said.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that what it was? Yep.
3: Yeah, twenty for two hundred. Okay,
1: so so that's two hundred forty players that we drafted. Correct. But everything past a certain point is just basically dollar players, is the way I look at it. Okay. So you just added more dollar players to the end of the draft and pushed up all the talent. Even higher than it already was, but
3: here's why I don't' think that's that how wor- I
1: view that's how I view the draft.
3: here's why I don't think that works, because your dollar last couple round players are worse than before now, so you exactly. you're filling out the end players. of your draft with with stuff that's not going to help your team very much. You'd rather fill it up earlier, which the three of us did amazingly. I don't know how that happened.
0: Did I? We were the maybe th- I did. We were
3: the first three done. That's that's unheard of.
0: Wow! Well, and I spent all my money, as I always do. You know what, what's interesting is I looked at the uh, the NL Tot Wars result, and this is the <laughs> the foremost premier expert league. And I, if I remember right, I don't think anyone went for higher than like forty one bucks.
3: Yeah, but they didn't have keepers like like we were saying earlier. That no, that makes a big. They difference. did not.
0: Well, that, that, that caused us some inflation.
3: Yeah. I, I understand players going higher, but what blew me away was people spending. Uh, Tomei and I kept reacting every time it happens like, you don't have money for that player. You're not going to have anything left, you know? As it kept going. You know what? I didn't,
0: I didn't have a problem with that. That helps me well, at the end of the draft. Sure. I, I knew when people were losing money on those kind of players that I didn't want that I was going to get pretty much what I wanted the last five or six picks. And I'm sure that you two felt the same way.
3: Yeah. Oh, it, it obviously you know, it works out for somebody's benefit that has money left.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, the only two teams that that really affected, they ended up with a whole bunch of dollar players, was Charles and Jason. And Jason got screwed over because he had to leave the draft for some reason. I'd like to hear that story. Thought, but, um, you know, he spent a whole bunch of money on his offense. He filled up his offense in his first two starting pitchers with the Cubs, obviously. And then he got basically got auto-picked the rest of the way. Yeah. And so he got filled up with garbage. Um, what well, happened with Charles, though, did pretty good. Like, his dollar players are good. I would consider them A-OK. They're fine.
0: Uh, Mercer and Galvis can't hit.
1: <laughs> but they, they are alive. Jobs, though.
0: They're living and employed baseball players. Yeah.
1: Uh, I love Colton Wong and Jason Hayward for a buck, though. Those are great. Yeah, those. Are those good. are
0: actually Hayward was on my best buy list.
3: Who who are the two you said it happened with? Charles and who?
0: Jason. Jason.
3: Jason. I mean, it happened to Chad too, and and to Jonathan really.
0: And and cousin uh, cousin Jeremy.
3: I thought it happened to a lot.
0: Cousin Jeremy, Hedges, Broxton, Spangenberg, Gurias, Frazier, Ramirez. Even repo, Rich, all
3: Rich has a bunch of $1 players, too. There's a lot out there. Well, I just thought it was interesting that the uh, – I I mean, it seems like it's been – that's just how it's going every year, right? Higher and higher and higher.
0: Well, it's just one of those things that now that this has been the experience, it's time to think about that for next year. Um I mean when the when the draft was happening I could see you, Nathan and Tome waiting and not spending on the really big players. Yeah. And I admire your patience.
3: It was not but easy. There are
0: certain players there are certain players that I felt like you kinda need or roster if you're trying to build a certain thing.
3: Yeah.
0: And uh, I mean had I not decided before the draft I'm gonna have Kershaw, I might have been waiting right there with you to be honest. But uh, yeah. It was too late. It was too late for me at that point.
1: You know, that that is the, the trick of this draft though is it's like you got to pick your spots because you can't yeah. wait. You can't wait too long to spend on your money because then you just got nothing to spend it on. So there, yep. there are some guys at some points where you have to jump in and overpay for people that you want. Yeah. Just because later on you're not going to have anybody that you do want and so you're just going to have a bunch of worthless draft <laughs> dollars.
0: And it's better to overpay for, say, Goldschmidt than for say utility second baseman because it's the last one left. Yeah. And the guy goes for 14 when he's valued at four.
1: Very true. Are you referring, rather, are you referring to Marte? You know? Say again? I said, are you referring to Marte? No. So, Bankhead,
3: I think we want to hear your, uh, your explanation of why you spent so much on Carpenter. That was one of the questions I wrote All right, down. Are you cut out? So please repeat. Oh, I'm sorry. We would like. I know Craig and I would love to hear your explanation on why you spent so much on Matt Carpenter.
0: He gets on base. On base percentage was really a premium in this draft, and there was no one left that gets on base at the ratio that he does.
3: Was someone bidding with you? I don't. I Not can't remember like what happened.
0: Forty-three dollars on him. That's uh, on, on my list of the draft. But if you look at what was available then, and especially considering my on base percentage goal that I had going into the draft, he was a must-buy for me. Um, I mean, if I had rostered either Harper or any of the uh, other first basemen, uh, Goldschmidt or Rizzo or Votto, I don't make that buy, obviously. But Or if I'd even gotten Rendon, which, looking back on it, I really should have gotten Rendon. Um, nice buy on Rendon. Um, if I get Rendon, I don't make that buy either. But It was a desperation move. So my- it didn't work out for me that badly, though.
3: Yeah. Were were you bidding with someone? Like, or if you tell me, it's
0: fine. Yeah, I think it was uh, Chad because, of course, it was. Okay.
3: Because I, 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 I know there were a couple <laughs> of players that got bumped up, you know, in incremental bids, and I thought that was one of them, but I wasn't sure.
0: Now, that one, um, I'm pretty sure I jumped it to where I had him valued, but he went for more than I had him valued. Okay.
3: Craig, do you buy that
1: explanation? I mean,
0: good on these people uh, for making me spend the money, you know? I mean, that's <laughs> – I mean <laughs> – Nicely done. We made. I
1: don't. I don't really buy that because I thought Carpenter was pretty early in the draft. But he, he was fairly if, early. Uh, if Mike, if
0: twenty nine, that's not that early.
1: That's pretty stinking early. If Mike believes in Carpenter, more power to him. Yeah,
0: he gets on base. Um, I the only the issue there is his health. Obviously, if he's healthy, he's fine. If he's not, then, ouch, you know. But
1: there, there were a few players that I was like, this is pure insanity that they're going this high, and Carpenter was one of them. That yeah. I thought. Yeah. The other ones were Reese Hoskins. Yes. You, Harvish. Oh, we're we're going to yes. talk about
0: Hoskins, perhaps. But uh, I can tell you for – Chris Taylor. Definitely Carpenter was, was born out of desperation.
1: Chris, at, Chris uh, Taylor, to, in my defense, was a, a purely situational pick because it was down to him. He was like the best offensive player on the board, I thought. Mm-hmm. And apparently me and me and Misty both love him. So I don't think Misty is.
0: loves him. I think she just needed a third baseman.
1: Was she trying to build? No,
3: she had Suarez. He doesn't play third base, so that couldn't have been it.
0: Oh, I think she needed a second baseman and or shortstop.
3: That makes more sense. There you go. (laughs) What's your comment on um, Hoskins, Mike?
0: Hoskins costs more than than Harper. That's really all you need to say. (laughs) Yeah. This is a person that's unproven. I mean, Harper's been in the league five, six years. Look, if he gets hurt, he's toast. Yeah. If he doesn't get hurt, he's the MVP. He's worth every penny. He's worth almost 60 probably, right? Yeah. I wish I would have kept him. Um, Hoskins, though he might be good, completely unproven, sample size too small. That's a lot of money for, for that sample size. Yeah. But if you believe, you believe, right?
3: Okay, so there, uh, let's talk real quick. Were there any of the players that you thought were just an amazing deal?
0: Uh, I'll let Craig go first just, on
3: that. Just a couple.
1: Uh, I did like Santana. You're by 32. That was a great deal, I thought. Um, there was another one. I can't think of it off the top now, though. I'm kind of forgetting.
3: Might give us one. This is why you...
0: I have, uh, like, just seven.
3: More, 12. Well, give us one.
0: One? One? I have more than one. Um, Just one. Let's keep this moving. Just one. Let's keep... Hayward at one dollar, uh, and here's the reasoning behind that. In his first couple of seasons, he showed the leap on base percentage skills. And the uh, baseball says it might be Sandler. I'm not sure if it's Sandler or one of the other guys. Once it displays a, with a large enough sample size, skill, But we'll know that he has that. Now he hasn't been that player in a couple of years. Um, probably when he got hit in the face with a fastball, and then he had shoulder issues, and so he's you know he's had issues with his swing. But in the past, he has shown elite on-base percentage skills. He steals, he has stolen bases, let me say past tense, and he can hit for power. He's a big, strong dude, and you know he's going to get playing time because he's one of the best defensive right-fielders in the game. $1 is fine on a player that has that history. Look, if it doesn't work out, keep him on your bench. But if he, bring, if he ends up finding that magic that he had his first two years with the Braves, that's $1 very well spent.
3: Okay. One, one for me was uh, Cargo at 6 bucks. I think he might be the he could be the steal of the draft.
0: You believe? I don't believe. I think not.
3: I think for six bucks, it's worth a shot.
1: One that I liked, and it was a total homer pick, but I think it'll work out. Is uh, Chad's pick of Jose Martinez for six? I think that could pay off really big, depending mm-hmm. on what happens. Yep. Yeah. He was one of my. Are we going to go to worst deals?
0: Have,
3: uh, yeah, let's do worse. Well, we kind of already talked about worse, didn't we? I,
0: well, I have six of those.
3: All right, well, give us one. We're not going over all of your notes, Mike. This is not the Mike Binkhead post draft notes show, right, Craig? <laughs> I
0: didn't say it was, but I do. I do have six. Uh, uh, then if I have to pick one, we've already discussed one of them, so I'll say Contreras because there's no universe where you should spend thirty eight dollars on a catcher.
1: I had him at thirty seven.
0: Even if you had him at thirty-seven, there's no universe you should spend thirty-seven dollars on a catcher. He doesn't get enough at bass to make it uh, really valuable. So I don't think I don't think he brings back that amount of value at the end of the season.
2: I kind of agree with not overspending on a catcher.
3: Yeah, I agree with that one, Mike. My note here with Contreras is what?
0: <laughs> yes, enough said. And you did match, but I also feel that Bellinger at forty was too much because he's unproven. Hamilton at 26 is too much because he can't get on base. And Jay Bruce is, for anything is too much because I hate Jay Bruce.
3: I think Jay Bruce is a good pick this year. I think Jay Bruce is a good pick this year.
0: <laughs> if he doesn't strike out 200 oh, times.
1: Mike. Oh, even, Mike. Even if he does, if 30 he does, home runs does, and 100, 100 RBI are pretty, RBI, good. pretty good. I don't believe.
3: I don't think he strikes out as much as you think he does either, Mike. Hey, Misty, can you mute yours again? We're getting feedback. Misty, you can be here, but you cannot talk.
2: Misty, you can be
3: here, but you cannot talk.
2: (laughs) Sorry. No, I'm trying to keep it on mute, but then I was going to try and say something, and then I shut up. Oh, go ahead. No, it's all good.
3: All right, so here's uh, one more uh, list of over-unders, and then I have one other little thing to talk about, and then we can just open it up for any last thoughts. Number of times someone will ask for a break or be distracted by a tournament game. The over-under was three and a half. I didn't get an exact number, but pretty sure that was over. Agreed?
0: Nah, I don't know about that. Who was distracted?
3: Well, I don't know if they were distracted, but there was a lot of talk
0: about the tourney game. You can, you can talk and not be distracted.
1: I think yeah, they were distracted. I was distracted by a bathroom break. That's when you got J.P. Crawford. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: I took my laptop in the bathroom with me, a la Misty. All right, number of hours draft will take? Hey, it was like an hour less than what we said, right? We said four hours, 15 minutes? Yeah.
0: Well, I didn't say that. I didn't think there was any way it was going to take that long. I think it did
3: in the That past. really surprised but, me, past, too. So. Kudos to everybody for keeping it moving. And then finally, number of 40 plus dollar players. The over-under was way too low at five and a half. Oh, yeah. Does anybody know how many You it probably was? should
0: have said you should have set 50-plus players. I feel like it was 9 or
1: 10, no? I'm going to guess 12.
3: Yeah, it was 9 over $40. The most before that was 6 back in 2016. Craziness. So one other thing I want to talk about here was closer prices. So we introduced holds in theory to bring down closer prices, correct?
0: Uh, I don't know why you did it, but...
3: Well, that was the... that Because home runs... Gi- hold-
0: Cause I thought it was because home runs allowed is terrible and well, we all hate it.
3: That's also true. The genesis of the idea was how can we make it easier to get relief pitchers because it's so hard in a twelve-team league to get a closer, so expensive. Anyway, uh, what do you guys do? You guys have any? What do you guys think? Did it work or not?
0: Uh, the it- price didn't depress that much. It depressed a little bit. Uh, I feel like any depression on the price of closers was pretty much due to the early overspending on all base percentage and offense. Um, that said, I mean, like the best closer still cost a lot of money, but I think there are a couple of really nice closer buys. I think Doolittle at 20, whoever did that.
3: Well, here are the results. I looked at the last three years of drafts. They've all been 12 teams. And I went and looked at what the prices were for the 12 main closers for each of those years. This year we spent more on closers than any every other year by $26.
0: How much of that was Jansen and uh, well, Morrow?
3: That's the thing is Jansen's been the same every year, so you really can't even include him. He's been almost exactly the same every year. But this year way more money was spent in the $20 range. Uh, way more closers were bought in that range than any other year. So I thought that was really so interesting. So what
0: this tells us, it is interesting I think what this tells us is if we take the money ball approach, which means looking for market inefficiencies, trying to get value, there's a lot of value to be had in guys that get holds. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, some of your good holds guys probably could have gone for more. Uh, I'm going to say something I didn't say during the draft. Some of the holds guys, you're going for a lot less than I had them valued for. The only ones that really went for what I had them valued for was Madsen. And there was a bidding war over Madsen. And uh, I forget the other one. Uh, maybe Schwer- actually Schwarzk went for less than I wanted to get him for, but I was running out of money. But I think that there's a, uh, there's definite value to be had there for the people
1: that jumped on it. Can I chime in? Please do. Okay. Please. So yeah, I agree with Mike there that there was a lot of value to be had and I'm super stoked for the five holds guys that I got. I'm going to own that category by the way. <laughs> and yeah you're right they didn't go for as much as i thought they would but i think the league will catch on next year um everybody needs to pick up those guys that are just floating around out there right now before they're gone i mean unfortunately you can only roster five of them so i mean i can't pick any up and mike can't pick up any up any up and nathan can't pick up any so they're gonna get scooped up they should get scooped up but i think next year unless we change the rule everybody will adjust to it and they'll see the value in those guys and it'll, it'll shoot up. I'd really like to be nice.
3: Go ahead. Mike. Go ahead. No, go ahead,
0: please. Uh, Just briefly. What would be nice is if there were still some of those guys left that had starting pitcher eligibility, but are actually relief pitchers, but I couldn't find any of those guys this year.
3: Yeah. I would really like to go to holds plus saves next year, but I don't know if that'll work. We'll, we'll figure that out.
0: Well, then you need then you need another category to make it a six by yeah, six.
1: So in, in, innings pitched. I'm uh, not a fan of that.
0: I don't like that, especially the the reason I don't like it is because the landscape of the game is changing and pitchers don't not throw as so many innings as they used to.
1: Which is why innings pitched is an awesome category. That's pretty logical. I like it. We'll talk about it as the
3: year goes. Any uh, okay? Any final thoughts, guys?
0: Yeah, you had uh, in, in the conversation before this suggestions for teams that might not have done well sure. or common errors. And I don't want to name any teams in specific, but just the thing, I was just going to say something that I don't understand. I don't understand why you would buy a player that doesn't have a job. Um, there are players that were bought during this auction that are unemployed. Not talking about kids that are in AAA. Those kids have jobs. I'm talking about free agents that haven't signed with anyone. Now, they might sign with the team in the American League. They might sign with the team in the National League. They might not sign with anyone because of the way the free agency is working right now. And I just don't understand with all the effort and research that we do why you would spend money and time on a player that's unemployed. It doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I would like to encourage the people in the league to continue doing that because it makes it easier <laughs> for the rest of us to get players that actually are valued. Um, but that's just something I don't get. Um, and just to throw out three names, Rosenthal, Mark Reynolds, Greg Holland, those guys don't have jobs. Now, please keep them on your rosters. Whoever's got those guys, keep them, please. Um, Because maybe they'll sign with the Orioles, and then we don't have to worry about those guys. But that's just something I never understood is why you would spend money
1: on a player that doesn't have a job.
0: If you really want to get a player that's unemployed, just pick them up and chat.
1: Can I counterpoint that? Yeah. Okay, so the explanation is quite simple. Uh, Richard got Greg Holland, who is a A-list closer. Once he signs with somebody for three bucks, which could be the steal of the draft. And the other two names Mike mentioned are on Jason's team, who was auto-picking, and I have no idea how Yahoo auto-picked those two guys for Jason's team, which is very unfortunate. But hopefully Jason will correct that.
0: So you think market. you think a National League team is going to put Holland in the closer role?
1: Uh, no, but he could be a really great setup guy, which is cool too
0: yeah, I don't think he gets signed.
1: Yeah, but three bucks
3: isn't a much yeah, of, a much of a, much of a much of a risk on a risk on.
0: Well, m- my, my point, point is, is if you want that I player, you can get player. him in FAP. You don't have to spend auction money. I mean, auction money, you should probably be trying to get known value or at least value that's employed. But you know what? I would encourage all players next year, please buy guys that don't have jobs that are free agents and speculate on their future. I would like you to figure your roster, with those guys. I mm. think I think there's a it place,
3: helps. Helps. There's I a place for. I, I was gonna bid again, on uh, Cobb, but pace, he wasn't even in there. The pace
2: of the draft too. Go ahead, Misty. The the ahead, pace Misty. of yeah the pace of the draft too. Remember like what I was saying earlier that somebody throws him out there and somebody jumps on it before they really have time to think about oh, does he have a job?
0: Matt Kemp. <laughs> he hey, has a job he's just not very good
3: hey craig i threw that out for you i told, told him, I'm like this one's for craig and you got him we, we were
0: cracking up <laughs> that um, is definitely craig's fantasy kryptonite yep. i think there's no question about that i said this one's well, for craig the
1: real sad part the real sad part is i thought it was two and nathan threw him out for 12 which was <laughs> unbelievable
0: unbelievable <laughs> How to make the market stuck is I'll never understand. That
1: that is a good question. I would like to ask that myself. I'd rather, I would so much rather have switched out Matt Kemp for thirteen than JP Crawford for two. The
3: Lord was on my side, and I feel with Crawford might might be a star though
0: someday, someday.
3: All right, guys. Well, this was fun, and (laughs) uh, And, and it might work out. Who knows? I
2: I have a thought. If I don't, if you don't mind, if. I could, again uh, never underestimate the value of the multi-position elig- eligibility uh Matt Carpenter is no longer <laughs> the only utility player out there. I was pleasantly surprised how many position or uh, multi-position players we were able to get at a decent price and uh, I think that was a good thing this year hmm. That's all I wanted to point out
3: yeah you do you have three yeah, you guys, that, have play three three guys that play at least three positions at
2: least three
3: positions four guys. Very nice.
2: Yeah, Very I, nice. Of, I guess I kind of targeted that, hmm. and it succeeded. Well, we'll see how it works out, but I like that flexibility.
3: Yeah. Very good.
0: Do you have any predictions, O Commissioner?
3: I didn't really take any time to look at that. I think I think the teams we said, Tome, Brett, um, are going to be up there. I think Craig's team's got a chance to. I think I'm gonna be in contention. Everybody else, everybody else, forget you. (laughs) Can I
1: say, (laughs) uh, looking at the rosters, like with the exception of like Jason and Charles, who with like a little bit of tinkering on the waiver wire could solidify their teams. Like I feel like everybody had a has a pretty good team. Like everybody's there's a lot of parity in our league this year. I like it.
3: And I forgot to mention Richard, like you already said, Mike. He's got a solid team. He's not going to finish last. You're right. Well, guys, we'll give uh, everybody in the league a chance maybe next week to rebuttal all the terrible things we said about them tonight and their teams <laughs> and to make yeah, fun it. When, of...
1: when does Funderburg get on?
3: I've got to get with him, and he's, he's been traveling, so I haven't been able to talk to him.
1: Come on, Jason. Your turn, buddy. I'm gonna
3: try to get that done next week. So thanks, guys. Maybe he'll
0: sing. Maybe he'll sing the "Go Cubs, Go" song for you.
3: <laughs> we'll try to get that happening. All right. Well, it's gonna take me forever to edit this since there's all kinds of technical difficulties and whatnot going on. So I will talk to you all later. Bye. See you. Good night. Good night.
0: Adore!